How's it going, everybody? This is Joey here at Underage Packers, and welcome to episode 123. We have a eventful episode here today. For First off, me and Big B will be recapping the Los Angeles Rams game where the Packers got one step closer to their great playoff run they're about to go on. Uh, we'll also be talking about the news that came out earlier this morning with Elton Jenkins earning a well-deserved four-year extension with the team. Uh, and then, for the first time ever, we will have some gambling talk on the Underage Packers podcast. My brother is back uh, in town today, so had some good chats about what's going on around the league, looking ahead to the Super Bowl, and then also a few Packers-specific bets. So, uh, look forward to that. And then, I will end it off uh, by talking about the improvement this team has seen from earlier on the season compared to now. Uh, and then we'll also look ahead to the Christmas Day matchup against Miami Dolphins. So, let's head right into it. We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How was that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? Yeah, how you doing this week? Um, well, I've been like half dead for uh -huh. the last couple of days. Um, but the Rams victory is keeping my spirits up. So that's the only positivity that is running through me right now. Hey, that's great to hear. At least you got that Rams game for you. Most important news before we get to the Rams game, we had some breaking news this morning, and that is Elton Jenkins, the Packers all pro offensive guard, um, being extended. Four years, uh, base salary of $68 million, worth up to $72 million. And I am so happy to see this news, all right? As I put on Twitter, there is going to be some haters that absolutely cannot stand this move. But I am so glad this happened, all right? Elton was recovering from injury at the first half of this year. They were trying to throw him at right tackle. And we know Elton is versatile, but just not was working out was not working out at all. So they moved him back to left guard, and ever since then, it's been phenomenal. He's been holding down that left side of the line uh, with David Bakhtiari missing some more time due to a freak uh, appendix infection. Um, so, so glad to have Elton staying with the Packers for these next four years. Uh, Big B, any thoughts on Big E uh, staying with Green Bay? Yeah, well, I, thought, I think the deal is really team-friendly, and that will also help us extend maybe Al Lazard, Adrian Amos, those type of players, maybe even Rashawn Gary, mm -hmm. if they want to get that done by the end of the year. But I, I really like, like the move. You know, he had the, had the rough start of the beginning of the year at right tackle. Right tackle just doesn't seem like his place on the offensive line. Yeah. But ever since they moved him back to left guard, like you said, he's been playing so much more better, and you could tell he's been gaining the confidence every single week. So I'm glad we locked him down for the next four years. Yeah, and now every single member of this Packers offensive line, besides Josh Neiman, is under contract next year, which is great. And similar to Elton, this offensive line was really struggling uh, in the earlier half of the year. But since then, when they're not playing musical chairs, they expectedly do much better. So you love to see that. Um, and you've, you've had guys that like Zach Tom who have been asked to step up, and they've definitely done that as well. So that is great. We'll be interesting to see what happens with Josh 
Um, he will be a restricted free agent. Um, obviously, the Packers are going to try to keep him. But if somebody wants to offer a second-round tender for him, then, hey, go right ahead, Yash. We're rooting for you wherever you go. Um, so that's that. Great to have Big E uh, back on this team. Um, now, looking back to this Los Angeles Rams game, first off, just what a great trip we had. Uh, met some of our Chisa TV buddies for the first time. Watched uh, NFL football at Stadium View with our buddy Sam Hallman. Make sure you give him a follow. That was a great time. Overall, just a, a great fun trip to Green Bay, Wisconsin. You know, my favorite thing about that whole trip, that whole weekend, was I think it was during the third quarter, and they're doing the wave on offense. And, you know, I do have to – I'll give them a little bit of a pass because it was coming out of the timeout. They had just done roll up, or no, they didn't do roll up before this. But, you know, everybody's having a good time. And, all right, you know, I'm not going to be a fun hater. But, like, come on, Matt LaFleur is trying his best, trying to get the message across not to do the wave on offense. So, you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but we've learned that Big B are much more blunt than I am. So, I, well, I mean, it comes to you, our section, and Big B just goes, no. <laughs> and it was hilarious. And the guy in front of us goes, Who's the Grinch? And I'm just like, him. So, but the greatest thing about it, everybody's like, Oh, what's this hater of life? And then, God bless the Lambo game day uh, Jumbotron operators because they have a package of Al Lazard saying, The wave on offense. So, thank you, Alan. Uh, for making Big B not look like an idiot. That was yes. That was great. Um, so yeah, I people we gotta be focused. Like, how do we not pay attention to what Seattle Seahawks fans are? And I know the team has not been great in a few years, but the twelfth man is very real. When you are buying a ticket to a Packers game, you are pretty much buying a little bit of an impact on the game, okay? And this made me think, you know, if next week at Lambeau, if we end up winning against Miami in this game against Minnesota, our playoffs hopes are still alive and we have to win that game. If you are going to that game, look, I don't want to tell people how to fan and everything, but if you're going to that game, your voice better be lost by the end of it, okay? I don't want to see Matt Fleur or anybody else having to get the crowd up on third down, all right? I was screaming, Every single third down, pretty much every single defensive down. So do the same for us, folks, all right? Uh, but, yeah, loved you telling people to uh, stop the wave on offense. Um, and it, it wasn't it wasn't too hard being in the cold uh, there on Monday. Oh, no. No. And uh, it, was, it was a pretty great game. You know, we really should have beat L.A. by probably 40 points with the amount of opportunities we got. And I wanted to highlight – uh, one player that made a lot of those opportunities possible, and that is Keyshawn Nixon. All right, this man was with the Raiders. Look, thank God Rich Versace advocated for us to sign him. And, you know, he was, of course, special teamer for Las Vegas, but I looked, and he had only six career returns in his three years with the Raiders. So returning is a, a pretty new thing for him. And, oh, my God. What a world of difference this man is compared to Amari Rogers or any other returner 
the Packers have had over the past decade. I mean, Aaron Rodgers said in his post-game press conference that in his 18 years, he's never seen a uh, opposing team kick away from the returner. So Keyshawn, man, he had over 100 returning yards a few weeks ago against the Eagles, and now he had 452 against the Rams. And that might not even be accounting for the, like, 20 or 30 yards he lost on uh, due to a few penalties. So, my God. Sean, it's it's hard not to be a little bit bitter that he wasn't in there earlier in the season, but whoo, so glad that we got him in there now. Um, and you know, there is a few players that have gotten opportunities, probably had to wait longer than they should have. Nixon, Watson, like Rudy Ford in there too. And I I just you know one player can't make a difference, but you look back at a few of those games. And the crucial mistakes, like I think specifically back to the Giants game, and I think if you have a more reliable returner than Amari, gosh, Dane Rodgers back there in London, then they probably win that game. So it's frustrating uh, to look back at that. But that's right. Super Bowl hopes are still alive. Um, Bigby, what are some other performances against Rams that you wanted to highlight? Um, Just Kenny Clark. You know, December Kenny Clark is in full force. Live and well. Oh, yes. He absolutely just was killing the Rams offensive line. Like you could tell from even in the stands, like every other play seemed like he was right in the backfield, getting onto the quarterback. Just it was just constant all night. And he was just an absolute monster, as well as Preston Smith, who got those two sacks. He had a very nice night as well. Absolutely. Um, Just a lot of good performances. And I do have to take back what I said about Aaron Rodgers after his Bizarre interception to Alan Lazard. I still think that was on him, but hey, I don't I don't see the game like he does. But I, you know, I, I won't mention what I said on Twitter after he threw that pick, but it's only right after criticizing him like that that I do take it back and say, hey, this was a solid game from Aaron Rodgers. You know, that one drive to Cobb, um that he had like four or five passes to Cobb that were dots over the middle. I uh, also had a great pass to Romeo Dobbs. He had the great pass to Christian Watson. Uh, so, hey, this was a pretty good game from Aaron Rodgers' mindset interception. Applause to him. A um, few other players that had good games that I wanted to write down and mention here. Let's pull it up. Uh, Preston Smith, obviously. He had two sacks on day. Uh, you also had uh, Kingsley and Nagbar, uh or J.J. J.J. and Quay. Oh, my God. They really were just everywhere today, all right? And I would much rather have a performance from J.J. and Quay like they did on Monday where they are just, like, all over. They might miss a few tackles because they're a little bit too aggressive, but I'd much rather have that than Blake Martinez or Jake Ryan, uh, you know, uh, piling on tackle stats because they wait for eight yards and then make the tackle. So, you know, Quay was kind of hesitant like that early on in the year because he just didn't have that confidence as an NFL rookie, and that's completely fair. But now he has gone back to that very aggressive uh, player that he was at Georgia. Um, so that's absolutely phenomenal to see. Now, uh, big before we head on to this Dolphins Christmas Day game, uh, any other thoughts on this Rams one? Um, not really. It's had a really good time uh, with you uh, watching the game for the first time. Yep. Um, and apparently I did scare you away. 
So that's all I could ask for, I guess. So, yeah. Now welcome gambling extraordinaire, <laughs> resident of Tampa Bay, and my brother Josh to the show. Josh, welcome to Underage Packers. Thank you so much, Joseph. Yep. Um, I'm very, very proud of what you've built, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm excited uh, to join today. All right, let's do it. So, uh, groundbreaking segment here on Underage Packers. First, uh, gambling talk segment. So, you know, it is Packers show. So, first off, we got to talk about the Packers playoff chances. Now, it's uh, it's not looking great. You know, they still do have to win out. Um, two tough teams on the schedule, and then they ended off with a team that is very hot right now in Detroit. But, uh, Josh, you know, you aren't a diehard Packers fan, so unbiased, you know, view from you. What do you think you're about their chances? Sure, sure. So, um, you know, right now you can bet the Packers uh, to make the playoffs at plus 700. Mm -hmm. So you bet $100, you get back 700. Ooh. Not a great probability, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're telling you, eh, you know, not looking so great. But, um, you know, if they're able to beat the Dolphins, right. which they are three and a half point dogs, they would most likely be favored against the Vikings and the Lions. They'd mm -hmm. probably be favored by, I think, the Vikings maybe like three points, and then the Lions maybe like one and a half, two. Right. Um, so if they win this Sunday, I you know, it the probability is probably in your favor. And I don't, yeah. I, you know, the Redskins, um, I, I think they're going to crumble. They, they yeah. have some uh, a couple tough games. So I, it's going to be, to me, I, if I had to bet, I'd say it's the Lions or the Packers. They could be sneaky. Yeah, I mean, this is certainly the best season for the Packers to uh, to suck in the first half <laughs> and then go for the go for a playoff run because that sixth and seventh seed uh, for either conference is not looking great. So yeah, um, Miami is definitely their toughest opponent, though, the only one on the road. So, hey, I don't know if – if they can have games like they had against uh, Chicago or Dallas, um, I like they, their chances. They can do it. And um, if they were to win out, mm -hmm. uh, the probability of them making the playoffs Six. would be about 67%. Yeah. So um, if they're able to win out, you know, got to have a couple things go in their favor. But like I said, it's a, it's a winnable schedule. Yeah, I don't want to look too far ahead. But the biggest one, uh, in my opinion, is Washington versus Dallas Week 18 because – it looks like, unless Dallas is able to pull a few things off, that Philly's going to have the division clinch by then, and Dallas will probably be locked into that fifth seed at that point. So they might not be playing for anything, but Packers just got to focus on themselves when the game's ahead of them. Yeah, I mean, with Jalen Hurts down, though, I mean, um, Cowboys yep. are favored by, like I think, four and a half points against the Eagles this week. Um, and I can't remember who the Eagles play next. It's a it's a winnable schedule, though. Right. So, I mean, you would think they're probably going to win, you know, one of those next two. But, yeah, I mean, if, if they if the Eagles could lose next this weekend, next week, mm -hmm. all of a sudden the Cowboys have a shot and they're going to be playing all their starters. Definitely. All right. Now looking ahead to the Super Bowl here. Um, you know, this is an interesting playoff race we're looking ahead to. There's really no – I mean, there's definitely tiers – between uh, the teams at the top of the conference, but there's no teams that really stick out like there have been in years past. Um, I mean, you look at the top four favorites right now, you got Buffalo plus 330, Philly plus 475, Kansas City plus 550, and I was surprised to see San Francisco at 650. Um, and I think that's because all these teams at the top there, you know, those top three teams, 
Um, and if you throw Minnesota in there, none of the teams in the in the top running really have great defense. So, and that's what sticks out about San Francisco. And obviously, Brock Purdy has been producing as well. So, uh, what are your overall thoughts on what we're looking at for the Super Bowl so far? Sure. And um, I have to bring in the Vikings here mm-hmm. uh, since this is a Packers podcast. They are the worst yes. 11-win team in the history of the NFL. They, If you see someone that has them in their power rankings as a top 10 team, you should never listen to that person again. They are barely average. They might even be below average. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to throw that in there. You want to say anything to your Vikings fan uh, friend Taylor? I'm sorry, TJ, but you guys are going to get trounced. Yeah. In the first round of the playoffs, you, you you're not even going to be favored. I, it's it's in, quite frankly, it's embarrassing. Yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to you know if the Packers do go on this run, they most likely go to Minnesota for the wild card round. So oh, that would be that'd that be a would, treat. That would be a treat, and God, would it be cool if they just beat the snot out of them? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It'd be great. Absolutely. Well, looking at the Super Bowl, um, I told uh, Joey that I have to brag a little bit. I have a Bengals plus 1800 ticket in my pocket. Uh, But I don't know uh, of these teams listed what Mm -hmm. would be best. I mean, we talked about the Packers at plus 13,000. Hey, if they get in, I mean, my goodness, that would be a windfall. But um, Buffalo uh, would be, you know, they're obviously the odds on favorite. Something doesn't seem right with them. Mm. You know, I, I, in the very beginning, they were the best team in the NFL yeah. uh, by point differential, whatever you want to look at. Since then, since Josh Allen got hurt they, and they lost a few games, even though they've won the last couple games, it, it just hasn't been impressive. So yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't place money on the Bills. Uh, like you said, the uh, 49ers with Purdy, I, you know, do I really feel like I'm going to throw a significant <laughs> yeah. amount of money on Brock Purdy? Like when it. You show me the worst quarterback to win a Super Bowl, and you know mm. maybe you look at uh, Jim McMahon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about uh, the guy from the Eagles a couple years ago? Oh, Carson Wentz, or no, Nick Foles. Nick Foles, but Nick Foles at that time was playing at an elite yeah. level. I, you know, I, I think Shanahan's really good. I just don't think they're good enough. I, I personally still think the Bengals at plus eight fifty mm. is a decent, um, decent ride. Um, because they are playing probably the best football. Mm. Uh, but I, I think the Chiefs at plus 550 is live as well. We've seen it before with the Chiefs. They can kind of flip a switch, and they're all of a sudden they're the best team in football. Yeah. I, I So I wouldn't, you know, I, my point is, even though I know they you know went to overtime with the uh, Texans last week and barely beat the Broncos, whatever, um, Patrick Mahomes looks phenomenal. Yeah. And I, I, I think that would be probably... A decent, decent wager there. Yeah, the Chiefs are kind of like the early 2010s Patriots. No matter what they look like in the regular season, you can never count them out in the playoffs. Yeah, they're they're just so good. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's a, a good one. I, I think Dallas is an interesting one as well, mm. just because with that defense, you know, it, I'm a little nervous about the Eagles. Yeah. Okay, as my, you know, because if the the problem with the Eagles, they're kind of like the Ravens of a couple years ago. If they get down in a game, yeah. They're not really great at throwing the football. I mean, Hertz is okay, but you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. they're not really a great passing team. The run kind of sets up the pass. Well, if they're in obvious passing situations, they're not that good. Right. So that that one definitely scares me. I think the Cowboys, if they get the five seed, you, you know, with that defense and Micah Parsons, I, I think that would be scary. Yeah, I mean, they'd wipe out 
Tampa Bay or whoever ends up winning the AFC South. Oh, yeah, Tampa so, sucks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the Bengals, too. I mean, they kind of went on a run last year, kind of like they are now, where they just really turned it on in December and then January as well. They, so, they look like one of the best teams in football right now. Yeah. So sure. I think even at plus 850, there's uh, some value there. I bet. All right, now, looking ahead to this week's slate, bad uh, slot of games on on Christmas Day. Yeah. And why is this? I, have, I think I have week 16 of last year pulled oh, up. What are but you doing, Joe? Not, not a great slate either way. You got one game with maybe playoff implications in Green Bay. Uh, but you have, we need to hear, the people need to hear more importantly, uh, your locks of the week. Sure, sure. So it's an interesting week. Uh, obviously, very, very cold here. I mm -hmm. got in from Tampa yesterday, and I, I was not prepared for this, but this is all over the country. Um, and a lot of times people think, oh, you know, bet the under when it's cold. Not necessarily the case. It has to be cold with wind yeah. to make sense to bet the unders. Um, but with that being said... Uh, something that I, I really like would be uh, Kareem Hunt over twenty nine and a half rush yards. Uh, Nick Chubb is a little beat up, and it is you know the mistake on the lake in Cleveland. It is going to be windy as heck. They're going to be running the football constantly, um, and Deshaun Watson has looked awful. Um, so I, I would expect a lot of running there. Um, in the uh, Vikings game, who are the, the Vikings and Giants? Yes. Um, I like the over there. If you can get uh, 48, 48 and a half, I think that's a good wager. Uh, but if I'm looking at what is my best side bet, um, I would probably go with the Saints plus three um, against those Brownies. Um, mm. you, know, you got Deshaun Watson, a Houston quarterback, uh, playing in the cold. You have, you know, the Saints usually a dome team. Usually you don't want to play a dome team on the road in, in weather. Uh, but you got the Red Roth Rifle, uh, you know, starting a quarterback yep. from Cincinnati. Uh, so he's, he's dealt with it. So I think that would be uh, my best bet there on the Saints. And I, I know the Saints record is awful. Uh, but if you look at, like, their yards per play metrics, they're actually not that bad. They're more like an average team. So I, mm -hmm. I, I like the uh, Saints to cover the three because it's going to be – you know, I, I think the over-under is like 35 or 36. You're looking at like a 2017 game. So yeah. if I'm getting three points, taking it with the Saints. All right. Well, that's all I got for you, Josh. Thanks. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thank on you, guys. Today. And best of luck to the Packers. Absolutely. Yep. We're going on a Super Bowl run. Yes, sir. Let's go. All right. Great chat with Josh there. Now... Let's focus on this, this Packers team, and I wanted to specifically talk about the massive improvement they've seen ever since they hit rock bottom in Detroit. They lost 15-9 against Detroit in Week 9, and that was simply because they could not take advantage of the opportunities they had. You know, they had a great Jair Alexander uh, interception in the third quarter that put them at the 30-yard line, and then the next play, Aaron Rodgers throws an interception. They hit rock bottom in that game, and it looked like that game was the one that would end their season. However, here we are sitting in late December, and their playoff hopes are not, they're not uh, zero quite yet, um, and they still have something to play for. So what has happened since then? First off, a number that sticks out to you um, that was pointed out by our DVOA king, Peter Bukowski, over on Lockdown Packers, 
is that the fact that the Packers, since week nine, are third in offensive DVOA. And I wanted to talk about a few reasons why I think that is. Because weeks one through nine, they were averaging 17 points a game. Since then, obviously, it's a smaller sample size, only five games in there. But from week 10 to 15, they are averaging 26.6 games or 26.6 points per game. That is quite the improvement. And this is really the only reason I have hope that, one, this team could win these next three games, but also that they want to get completely embarrassed in the playoffs. All right? And the main reason for that, I think most Packers fans would agree on, is Christian Watson. And we'll talk about him a little bit later. But getting in a little bit deeper, we knew going into this season that the Packers offense would have to take in a rough adjustment without Devontae Adams, that they would have to adjust. And they had two great running backs on their hands that they were expected to utilize a lot more than they did in the first half of the season. And weeks one through nine, Aaron Jones had 107 carries which is an average for 11.8 per game. But since then, he is averaging 14.8 carries. So a whole three more carries averaging per game. For A.J. Dillon, he was averaging 10.9 carries weeks one through nine. And now uh, weeks 10 through 15, he's averaging 11.12. So these guys have really stepped up. We saw Aaron Jones have a great game against L.A., um, A.J. Dillon, too, having two touchdowns. So the running game has really stepped up. Um, a big part of that that helps out with that is the offensive line not having to rotate every week. Like I mentioned with Elton Jenkins, once they, um, once Elton and many of the others among the offensive line was able to set in at one position, they have been rock solid. Uh, they have really good protection this last week against the Rams. Um, granted, they were without Aaron Donald, but really good protection. They're really stepping it up and helping out in both facets of the offense. And as I mentioned, the big game changer is Christian Watson. I mean, we were waiting for this man to emerge all season long, was dealing with a hamstring injury early on in the season, then suffered the concussion against Buffalo right when you thought he was about to get on. And then in Dallas... He shows the world who he is and gets three touchdowns in that game. And ever since then, he's been lights out and has been a focal point of this Packers offense. And now, as I mentioned earlier, the big game changer for this Packers offense is Christian Watson. You know, a really disappointing first half of the season for him. And we Packers fans were just kind of waiting and waiting for him to emerge, to have that big game suffered the hamstring early on in the season, and then right when you thought it was his time to shine against Buffalo, he suffers a concussion on the second offensive drive. But in week 10, he showed the world who he was, having three touchdowns against Dallas, and he's not slowed down ever since. Um, you know, this week against LA, he wasn't too flashy, but he did have some great blocks. Um, so Christian Watson is his main thing. I mean, he is doing so much more than you'd ever ask a rookie uh, receiver to do. And I do think if he had just a little bit more, was healthy in the first half of the season, that then he would have a stronger, obviously an even stronger campaign for offensive rookie of the year that he already does. So Watson is the main game changer for this Packers offense. And you have to be happy about the future of this Packers team 
with Christian Watson. Now looking ahead to this Christmas Day game against Miami, look, we all know the main thing about the Miami Dolphins in 2022 is that they are going to have the explosive plays. And really, you know, they don't even need an 80-yard bomb that Tyree Kill was famous for with the Chiefs offense. They really just thrive on over-the-middle routes that Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are just able to explode off of. Um, and I'm a little bit worried about the Packers defense going into this game. Uh, we know that they have struggled with tackles in the past. We know that they could not stop a nosebleed when they tried to contain Justin Jefferson in week one. I'm a, so those two wide receivers definitely scare me. How we're flipping things over to the opposite side of the ball. This Miami Dolphins defense is not too great. They're currently 26 in points allowed and 27th in passing yards. So you have playmakers for both offenses, and then you have two defenses that are really, really concerning for both teams. So, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that the Packers want this game to go into a, a shootout going back and forth, because I do think even with their emergence of Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, the, you know, star power of Aaron Jones, even knowing what the Packers offensive weapons can do, I don't know if you want to get in a shootout with this Miami Dolphins offense. But hey, we will have to see. It'll be a little bit chilly. Hoodie weather for uh, Florida standards. Looking like a cool mid-50s weather right there uh, in Miami. So it'll be a, a nice resort for the Packers players. Might take a little bit of adjustment for them to get used to that summer weather. Uh, for their standards once again, but we will have to see. I do have more hope than ever that the Packers can win this game against Miami. We'll have to be, at least with the defensive side of the ball, we'll have to be the defensive's best game of the season, and the offense will have to continue what they have done um, in these past few weeks. You know, you saw them have really good opportunities against the Rams, and like I mentioned earlier in this episode, they really could have beat L.A. by 40 if they took advantage of all the opportunities presented in front of them. So hopefully they're able to do that against Miami because that's what playoff team has to do. So that's all that we got for you here today on the Underage Packers podcast. Uh, let us know your thoughts on all this week's events in the comments down below. Uh, follow us on all the social medias, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.